0: Hello and welcome as we lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley Rutherford. I'm Kyle Welch. Have you ever asked yourself the question, who is Jesus or what does it mean to be saved? How about questions like, what is eternity? Or is there a real God and where is he when I'm really suffering? These are just some of the topics we explore every day on this program. In these challenging times, we believe that God's word is the source to all our answers. So if you can, get out your Bibles. And let's join Pastor Dudley right now with his message for us today.
1: Today we come to this simple, simple phrase. Give us today our daily bread. And there is much more than meets the eye when you read that phrase. Now right here in the middle is this request for a piece of bread something that's physical in the midst of all these spiritual truths and the problem and many of us are guilty of this i want you to write this down most of the time when we pray when you pray and i pray we focus on the physical and not the spiritual which is most of the prayer usually we jump in and we go right starting asking god for physical request how many of you have children raise your hand if you have children how many of you do not have children? You have, well, I have some words of advice for you. <laughs> in case you ever have a child. And I've had three of them. When they're little and they first start to talk and they start to figure things out, the communication between your child basically boils down to one thought, and that is your child asking you continually, give me, give me, give me, give me, give me. I want, I want, I want, I want. They come in and talk, they want something. Now, when they get a little older, they don't change. (laughs) They keep asking, except they only want more expensive things. (laughs) They start off asking for a skateboard, and then they want a bicycle, and then one day they're going to ask you for a car. They start off, they just want a birthday party, then they want a sweet 16 party, and the next thing you know, they're going to ask you to pay for a wedding. (laughs) And one day... They become adults, and they move out of the house. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. (laughs) Now, imagine just for a moment that you're God, and you have 7 billion children on this planet. And every time they come talk to you, their prayers consist of nothing but... God, give me, give me, give me, give me, give me. I want, I want, I want, I want. Seven billion people asking you for things. How would you feel if you were God? And what God wants, what he truly wants, is he simply wants you to enjoy and appreciate being in his presence. And that's what the first part of the Lord's Prayer is all about. Just God wanting you to enjoy his presence and N.T. wright write this down he warns that the danger with this prayer give us their daily bread the danger with this prayer this part of the prayer for bread is that we get there too soon and i just want you to think about whenever you pray is your prayer focused on you or is your prayer focused on god This line points to the reality that God in heaven is your provider. The Bible says that every good and perfect gift comes from above. A big part of praying is realizing that God is the only one who can truly meet your needs. In fact, you can't even pray this prayer without knowing where your bread comes from. Everything you have comes from God. The Bible says in Deuteronomy chapter 8, you may say to yourself, my power and the strength of my hands have produced this wealth for me. But verse 18 says, remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth. The biggest mistake of your life is when you forget who it is that provides for you. You breathe his air. You eat his food. You wear his clothes. You manage God's resources. You live on God's planet. You are warmed by God's sun. You enjoy the beauty of God's oceans. Everything in life that is essential to you Everything in life that has value to you in this life, your health, your heart, your children, your family, your salvation, it all comes from God. Number two, write this down. This prayer, give us today our daily bread, reminds us that every day we should live with full dependence upon god it's not that you're aware that he's your provider it's that you are depending upon god to provide for you philip keller asked the question what is it that you depend upon if it is anything outside the mighty hand of god it is unfit to trust the problem in america is that for most of us and this is true For most of us, this prayer makes no sense whatsoever because we're too well off. We think that this prayer should be spoken in Bangladesh, that this prayer should be spoken in Cambodia or in Sudan or in Ethiopia. Those are people who need bread just to survive. For us, it doesn't even make sense because we're too well off. The book of Proverbs, chapter 30, verses 7, 8, and 9, the writer of Proverbs writes these words. There are two things that I ask of you, O Lord. Do not refuse me before I die. Number one in verse 8, keep falsehood and lies from me. And secondly, give me neither poverty nor riches, but only give me my, what? My daily bread. Why? Why? here's why verse 9 otherwise here's why i don't want to be rich and why i don't want to be poor i may have too much and if i have too much there's a chance i will disown you i i i will say who is the lord in other words i won't need the lord if i have too much and i don't want to have be poor because if i if i become poor i might still and then i will dishonor the name of my god so he said, Don't make me rich, don't make me poor. Just give me today my what? My daily bread. David Timms asked a great question. If God, is your God a pleasant acquaintance? Or is God the very breath of your daily existence? I don't even know how, honestly, how we can pray this prayer. I, I don't know how people living in America can pray, even pray this prayer. Especially when we're solely focused on building retirement accounts in building our portfolios and our nest eggs and looking after our mutual funds and our equity but i do know this that god desires for you to live every day on this earth in a full dependence upon him and only him i know that's true number three write this down we are to pray we are to pray for a daily provision not for a year's supply This does not say, give us today a year's supply. Jesus could have said that, but no, he said, when you pray, everybody wake up, when you pray, you ask your heavenly father to provide for you to meet your needs just for today. The truth is we would rather have, we would rather have a year's supply because if we had a year's supply, I wouldn't have any stress in my life. I wouldn't have to worry. I wouldn't have all the tension in my life if I had a year's supply. I'd like to have a buffer, like some extra, so I don't have to worry about things in life. That makes good sense, right? You see, there's always a tug-of-war, and it's a spiritual tug-of-war between you doing enough to provide for yourself and you trusting in God to provide for you and knowing that He will do so. The children of Israel were in the wilderness for forty years, and they're out in the desert. When if you're, I couldn't live one day in the desert. They were out there for forty years, and the Bible says in Exodus chapter sixteen. Sometime you need to read that chapter. It's a, it's a long chapter, Exodus sixteen. It talks about how every single day for forty years that God brought bread manna from heaven and it just fell on the ground and god the instructions were very clear when you go out and pick up the bread pick up enough just for one day don't pick it up don't pick up enough for two days don't pick up enough for a week or a month don't hoard the bread when you go out there just get enough just for today why would he ask them just to pick up enough for one day why why did he want them that Because He wanted them every day of their life, not for one year, two years, three years, but for 40 years, He wanted them to know that every single day that He was going to provide, and He wanted them to learn how to trust in Him instead of their ability to go out and acquire as much as they could. This is a most powerful line. Give us today, just today. You're saying, God, I'm not going to worry about tomorrow. I'm going to live just for today with my eyes on you, focused on you, my faith in you, trusting in you to provide for this day, and tomorrow will be another day that I'll get up and I'll start all over again trusting in you to provide. I'm not going to waste my day-to-day worrying about anything else because I know that I'm living today under God's care, and under God's provision. Everybody say, get diggy with it. What chapter are you in Matthew chapter what it's in this context it's in this context if you turn over to verse 25 that Jesus says these words therefore everybody say therefore I tell you do not worry about life what you will eat or drink or about what your body what you will wear Is not life more important than food and the body more important than clothes? The Bible says in the next verse, look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns. The birds don't care about tomorrow, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than birds? I hope so. Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to his life? In verse 28, why do you worry about clothes? See how the lilies or the flowers of the field grow? They don't labor or toil. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all of his splendor was dressed like one of these. And if that is how God clothes the grass of the field which is here today and tomorrow's throne of the fire, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. So verse 33, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And all these other things will be given to you as well. And the last verse, verse 34, says, therefore, do not worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Amen. God will provide for you today. So point number four, these all kind of add on to each other. This prayer is a prayer that teaches contentment. It teaches you how to be content with what God has given to you. There are times where I am fearful that the things that I own, that I think I own, that they actually own me. Money and material possessions, if not used to honor God, will steal your best time and will steal your best energies. My buddy who was in church last night, uh, he told me he was so excited. He just bought a boat. So excited. And anyone who's ever owned a boat will tell you that the two greatest days of their life is one, the day they bought the boat, and two, the day they sold that boat. (laughs) Because things in this life do not satisfy. I went to college many years ago, and one of my classmates, uh, we lived on the same dorm and the same floor. His name was Larry Bryant. And Larry Bryant was a songwriter. And he wrote all kinds of songs, but one of his songs was called Shopping List. And it was a tongue-in-cheek song about how most of us pray and how we're never satisfied with what we have. And so here are the words to some of the lyrics of this song. It starts off saying, Lord, I need to talk to you. There's so much on my heart. So many burdens make it hard to know just where to start. Thank you for your family, your mercy, and your love. Now, on to more important things. Let me give the magic lamp a rub. And the chorus goes, Give me this. I want that. Bless me, Lord, I pray. Grant me what I think I need to make it through the day. Make me wealthy, keep me healthy, fill in what I missed on my never-ending shopping list. And then he has this section of the song, and I'm not going to sing it, but he sings it like I'm going to say it. I made my list and I checked it twice. If I got it all, it would sure be nice. I want a nice white smile on a perfect face and a perfect hair that will stay in place. I want a smaller nose and a single chin and a figure like a perfect 10, and a mom that never yells or screams, and hips that fit in designer jeans, and a tennis court and a heated pool. I could use them, Lord, as a witnessing tool. <laughs> and a color TV and a VCR and Jesus plates on a brand new car give me this i want that bless me lord i pray grant me what i think i need to make it through the day make me wealthy keep me healthy fill in what i missed on my never-ending shopping list there is something embedded in the heart of this request lord give me today my daily bread which leads us or should lead us to being content with what he provides and paul wrote these words in Philippians chapter 4 he wrote i have learned and you've got to learn how to do it because it's not natural I have learned to be content whatever, say the word whatever, whatever the circumstances. He goes on to say in verse 12, I know what it is to have plenty and I've learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether I'm well fed or whether I'm hungry, whether I'm living in plenty or living in want. And he says in verse 13, I can do everything through him who gives me strength. Have you all all ever heard of Snoopy? You know Snoopy, the cartoon? He was on top of his doghouse one night, and it was cold, and all he had was his dog food. And it was Thanksgiving Day, and Charlie Brown is inside the house with his family, and they're having a feast, and he's bitter. He's outside on his doghouse with his dog food. And then he says this these are words to live by he says it could be worse i could have been born a turkey (laughs) i want you to remember that because some of you right after church you're going to leave and you're going to go out and get in your car and you're going to see someone next to you get into a nicer car and you're going to see people, you're going to go to your house or your apartment. You're going to see someone else get into a nicer house. The point is, when you find yourself in that situation where you wish you had more than what God has provided, you need to say, you know, things could be worse. I could have been born a turkey. And I just, what I mean by that is you need to learn, learn to be content with what you have. 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 6, in your Bible says these words. It says, Godliness with contentment is great gain. You want to be rich? You want to have great gain? Here's how you do it. Decide today to date and become a godly man or a godly woman and be content with what God puts in your hands. And you'll have great gain. Someone, someone once said, who, who, who was it that said it? Someone said it. Who was it? Who was it? Oh, it was Jesus who said it. <laughs> In Matthew chapter 8, verse 20, Jesus. Uh, there was a guy wanting to follow him, and Jesus said these words to this guy, Foxes have holes, and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. That verse alone blows out of the water the health and wealth and prosperity gospel that is preached in so many churches across the country. Jesus said, Foxes have holes, and the birds of the air have nests. But the Son of Man has nowhere even to lay his head. Number five, this request, this prayer leads to us having a compassionate heart. And the reason is because the words, if you look at these words, the prayer is not just for you. The prayer is for us. Give us. Everybody say the word us. Hey, don't forget that word. Give us. Today. So this prayer, if you look up here, it has what I call a lateral glance. You just don't pray for yourself. You pray for those around you. You pray for your family. You pray for the people on that road that you're sitting on. You pray for the people sitting in that section. You're praying for everybody in the church. You're praying for all people who follow Jesus Christ. You're saying, God, this prayer is not just about me. Would you provide for all of us? Would you meet our daily need? Saint. Basil the Great, the 4th century bishop of Caesarea, concluded nothing that we have is ours alone. The bread that is spoiling in your pantry belongs to the hungry. The shoes that are mildewing in your closets belongs to those who have no shoes. The clothes that are stored away in your trunk belong to those who are naked, and the money that depreciates in your treasury belongs to the poor. There was a man in Texas, he saw a family that uh, needed food, and he began to pray to the Lord. He said, Lord, would you please provide food for that family? And the guy was praying, he goes, goes, Lord, he said, Lord, never mind, I'll do it myself. (laughs) And I I really believe that that's what God has in store for all of us, that God provides. And if he gives you an abundance, that you're to look for those who are hurting, Look for those who have no daily bread and to share yours with them. I close quickly with two verses of Scripture. One is in John 6, verse 35. Jesus then declared, Jesus said this. He said, I am the bread of life and he who comes to me will never go hungry and he who believes in me will never be what? Thirsty. Why why do some people never come to Jesus? Because they're Quenching their thirst and their hunger with things that do not satisfy. People who pray this prayer are people who desire to be nourished. People who pray this prayer are people who are uncomfortable, people who are empty on the inside, people who need God to provide just so they can get through the day. Comfortable people don't go to church. Hungry people go to church hungry people study the Bible Hungry people thirst for holiness hungry people thirst for righteousness Hungry people thirst and hunger for the things of God because if we are nourished by God He will fill us and we will never be the same And the last verse John 6 verse 51 Jesus said I am the what You see you're praying this prayer Lord, give us today our daily bread. Jesus wants them to know later on in John 6, hey, I want you to know something. I am the living bread that came down from where? And if anyone eats this bread, he will live what? Forever.
0: We hope the message you just heard today from Pastor Dudley was a blessing to you. Isaiah fifty-five eleven reminds us that the preaching of God's word never returns void. We want you to know we have phone counselors standing by and ready. If you are in need of prayer, our number is simple to dial. It's 888-818-4777. We know the enemy never rests and his daily attack upon us remains constant. So please don't hesitate to call if you are alone and in need of someone to pray with. Our number again is 888 888- If you would like more information about Pastor Dudley Rutherford Shepherd Church or this ministry visit our website liftupjesus.com That address again is liftupjesus.com We have a special gift for everyone listening today to help with your daily Bible reading It's our Anchored Journal a complete 365-day Bible reading guide and journal that will help you stay connected to God's Word throughout the coming year. It works with any version of the Bible you are currently reading. The Anchor journal comes in a choice of colors and can be yours right now for a gift of any size to the Lift Up Jesus ministry. It's as simple as calling our toll-free number 888-818-4777. You won't want to miss out on this limited time offer, so be sure to call right now. Our number again is 888 818 4777. The Anchored Journal can also be found on our website, liftupjesus.com. That address again is liftupjesus.com. Get yourself anchored to God's Word with your personal Anchored Journal today. I'm Kyle Welch, inviting you to join us tomorrow at this same time as we again lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley.